0: What we do here is go back, 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 back. It does no service to creating value for people where I came from if I won't say where i came from. And so nobody thought any doubt this movie was gonna work, and it did. One of my greatest struggles as a journalist is that I'm an emotional person and I'm a sensitive person. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 Knows. 10,000 Knows is built on the premise that hearing stories of struggle from people who most of us would consider to be successful is a way for the rest of us to realize that we're not alone. If you've already subscribed on iTunes and you like what you hear, please share it with others. You can take a screenshot of your phone while you're listening, post it on your social media, tag at Matty Dell on Instagram or at Matthew Del Negro on Twitter and Facebook, email it to friends, or just let people know it exists and how you found it. If you can leave an iTunes review, even better. That really helps. Either way, I appreciate you listening, and I hope you're as inspired by my guests as I am. Okay, welcome to episode 17 of 10,000 No's. This is Matt Del Negro, and I am doing an experimental riff, a solo riff today uh, without a guest. And uh, I will be honest, I'm a little scared to do it. it um, I was thinking about it before I started to record. It's a little bit like, you know, when you're walking down the street and you're with your friend and you trip on the sidewalk, you can kind of laugh about it with your friend and make fun of yourself and uh it seems to be fine but when you're walking by yourself and you trip you kind of feel like a dumbass uh that's a little bit like doing a solo riff um with a podcast when you think about it this whole construct the podcast is set up it's kind of it's kind of crazy i mean it's a it's a person talking and um eventually people are listening Uh, When you do it with a guest, you feel like there's this shared experience and you can kind of lean on each other. And um, somehow it's, uh, I think, less vulnerable for the host because you're going, okay, I'm putting the mic in their hands and letting them tell their story. Um, But really what I wanted to do this week, uh, and first of all, I don't even know if anybody realizes, and maybe I should get this out there, that... I've set it up where it's a weekly podcast. So every Friday, you are getting a new episode. And um, it's one of these things that I've held myself to. And I I don't know if anybody clocks that or not, but it's something just to keep me disciplined with it and keep it consistent for everyone who has been listening. And um, I really want to say thank you. That's what this whole episode is about, just kind of, Saying thank you to listeners for tuning in. I've gotten really great responses. I've been really fortunate with the guests I've had, and um, it it seems as though it's striking a chord, and a chord that I was I was hoping it would strike when I, I you know, kind of set out to do it. Um. So thank you for that. And if you are enjoying it, please. You know, leave a a review at iTunes, tell your friends about it. Um, that's really important in terms of growing the audience and and growing the podcast. Uh, just get the word out. that's that's all I ask. If you're digging it, please do that. Um, so kind of gonna go through some of the lessons and some of the things that people have been emailing me and texting me about that seem to be striking a chord. Uh, the first one, probably is the vulnerability that the guests have shown. And um, it it seems as though when the people that, that come here and sit down and talk with me open up about their lives and their struggles, it it really has been helpful to people out there who are listening. Um, I've had emails from people that I haven't seen in 20 years from high school, Uh People, fellow actors that I haven't seen in a while that I used to study with or I've worked with, um, friends of family, just kind of all across the gamut. And then I've also had reviews on iTunes from strangers uh, basically talking about that, how something that one of the guests said, maybe even in an offhanded way that they didn't – they kind of threw it away and talked about – something that was difficult for them that was surprising to hear from a person who had accomplished so much, that really affected a lot of listeners and made them feel like, oh, okay, I'm okay. I'm not in this alone. Um, so that's the first thing. And, and I could tell you firsthand experience. I mean, I'm, I'm experiencing it myself, even just doing this, putting myself out there with this. It's, uh, it's been a great ride so far, and I hope it's something that you know. I'm planning on continuing doing it because um, I'm really having a lot of fun being able to sit down with people from all walks of life and and kind of pick their brains. Uh, but but really, that that's a big one. I'm I'm feeling like even the the there have been responses to me within my business for where I think people are hearing more of my perspective and it's actually helping my case professionally where I didn't even necessarily set out with that intention. So it's kind of a lesson for people that are listening, you know, instead of kind of, uh, you know, we we have a tendency, a lot of us to hide all of the stuff that's messy. And then you, you know, you post stuff on social media that, that makes everything look like it's all going great, and everything looks perfect. Or cute, or you know, beautiful sunsets, or whatever. And a lot of times, it's really the sharing of the things that are difficult to share that end up allowing people to connect with you. So uh, that that's kind of a a really big one to start with. Um, and uh, it, it's been apparent in. Each with each of the guests, really, uh, and it's been a varied list of guests. You know, Kimmy Culp, who was my first interview—that was uh, episode two. She, in in the middle of the interview, said that she had struggled with anxiety and depression, and it kind of she she was very courageous to say that. And a lot of people have responded. Uh, first of all, a lot of people have gone and seen her documentary, which I gushed about in that interview uh, Gleason and really were affected by it. But a lot of people pointed out that moment of the entire maybe hour and a half interview. I find it interesting that that's one of the takeaways that people clung to. Um, That's probably something that was very difficult for her to say. and And yet she said it. And that's the thing that people hang on to. Uh, you know, I had a world champion triathlete, Siri Lindley. She had the same experience where she she was vulnerable and talked about her childhood and and uh, you know the difficulties that she had there. Th- this is what people respond to. So that that's hopefully one of the things that you're walking away with um, from listening. Um, the other thing is that I, I've had a chance to kind of sit down with. You know, I could go on and on with all of the, the different vulnerable moments and you can just go back and listen to a lot of the interviews and maybe I'll mention some of the others as we go. But um, the other thing that, that I kind of I've, I've realized for myself, uh, it's been interesting to sit down with people that are so successful and also so articulate and I'm learning from them. And I've, it's, it really kind of shines a spotlight on me. And then hopefully, you know, when you're listening, it's shining a spotlight on you and what you're doing. And, you know, kind of are you doing some of the things that you could be doing to help your cause or, or are you not? And, and one of the big things I've, I've come through, it seems to have come up in uh, a few different interviews, uh, was the art of delegating. And, um, it came up big with Bedros Koulian, who, uh, if you heard that, if you haven't heard it, you should, he came to this country with nothing, was diving through dumpsters for food as a kid, and now is an ultra successful entrepreneur. And, uh, he speaks all over the place and has written books and, um, really impressive guy and a a great dad and husband and, um, he talked to me about staying in your zone of genius and not doing all of the little things and trying to do everything yourself. And that's a big one for me that I have taken drastic measures in my own life uh, since starting the podcast, uh, bringing some people on to help me with tasks that I can do, but I'm not necessarily doing them any better than someone else. And I'm most likely doing them worse than someone else could do them for me. And um, that's a really big one. It seems like uh, most of the people that are really making an impact in the world, they've, they've kind of decided what it is that they do really well. And they're very disciplined about doing that, which is their gift and allowing other people to kind of help them out. But you know, and some people say, "Well, how can I do that? I don't have any money to do that. I can't hire someone. I can't hire an assistant. And that's kind of what I've said largely for a long time, and you know, all these people say the same thing. They say, "Well, I didn't always have the money it's it's you know sometimes it's realizing right now, wherever you are in your life, can you look at what you're doing and how you're operating, and is there some place in your life where you could free up some space for some of your big thinking by giving some of the smaller tasks to someone else or coming up with a better system to deal with some of the logistics of your life um, so that you have more time for your art or for your kids or for whatever it is that you're passionate about. Um, that's a That's been a, a huge Takeaway for me, and speaking to everyone, um, and you know, I actually have something that 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 same guest, Bejos, sent me a book after our um, our interview. He sent me this book called "The Big Leap" by a guy named Gay Hendricks. It's a New York Times bestseller, um, and I'm I'm just still somewhat in the beginning of it, maybe halfway through, but a lot of the principles in that book kind of resonated. And um, The Big Leap, he basically talks about this. It's uh, what he calls the upper limit problem. And um, I can actually read a little excerpt from the book uh, that I, there are a couple of little things that I wanted to share and then we could riff on. One of the things he says is, uh, each of us has an inner thermostat setting that determines how much love, success, and creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy. When we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we will often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. Unfortunately, our thermostat setting usually gets programmed in early childhood before we can think for ourselves. And he, he goes on to say... If you make a spectacular leap in one area of your life, such as money, your upper limit problem quickly enshrouds you in a wet wool blanket of guilt that keeps you from enjoying your new abundance. Guilt is a way our minds have of applying a painful grip on the conduit through which our good feelings flow. And he kind of goes on to say that we we keep ourselves within the limits of what is comfortable and it doesn't make sense at first. And you say, no, I don't do that. And when you start to examine it, You start to see patterns and you realize, hey, maybe I am doing the same thing over and over again. I have a period of success followed by a period of stepping back a few steps. Um, Obviously, that's, you know, that is life. Life is full of challenges and we kind of take some steps forward, take some steps back. But also, I think looking at where we kind of have patterns of doing this. Is is really important? Um, I think it's it's a way to uh, to see w- what it is that we're doing to be in our own way, and is there a way for us to to maybe change our approach and allow ourselves to uh, to view things in a different way that um, will allow us to live in what he calls our zone of genius. And and he describes this, he says, you know deep inside you that you will never be fully satisfied until you have anchored yourself in your zone of genius. To do less would be to hold back. And long ago you made a handshake deal with the universe that you wouldn't do that. The seductive comforts of success though can lull us into accepting the status quo. In that state of comfort, it's easy to forget the deal you made with the universe to use yourself fully. And I I find it interesting that he says to use yourself fully. As an actor, uh, I I find my friends and I always saying, like, you just want to be used. You just want to be able to bring your gift and have them ask your, your input, your opinion. Can you impose your will? Can you help the project, help the story? Uh, in fact, I've been feeling very, very grateful um, and fortunate to be working on this show, Goliath, right now on Amazon. The creators of the show, the, the, the showrunner, you know, who's, who's the writers, directors, the other actors, it's such a collaborative environment. And what, what I think they've done so well with, uh, with their leadership is they've brought people together in every department, and they allow them to do their job. They allow them to bring their, you know, what this guy would call zone of genius, to to live in their zone of genius. So it's a way of leadership um, that kind of goes back to what we're talking about with delegating. Really, they are delegating. They're going, okay, here, Matt, this is your role. What do you want to do with it? I mean, I had on day one, uh, this great director who I've worked with before, Larry Trilling, come up to me and say, you know, try things that you don't even have to ask me, try things out. I'll pull you back if it goes too far, but we hired you because we want your ideas. We want your input. And what it does is it gives the actor in this case, a uh, a sense of ownership over the role. And then you feel that you have skin in the game it's a great way to lead. And, um, you know actually i'm just going through this right now with uh a young guy that's a uh, a graduate of north carolina school of the arts who has been working for me and he's so great he's he's so much better with technical aspects of uh audio and video than i am and he's been helping me out with the podcast and he's going to help me out with a website for the podcast and and um a bunch of other things uh, where he's just, he's better at that than I am. And he's he's really such a joy to work with because he, he I say, this is what I want. And then he takes it and he runs with it. And then I had this thing recently where I had him running with something and I really loved what he's doing. And then I kind of came back to thinking, eh, I don't know. I think I might like it better the way I had it before I even had him run around and and do all this work for me. But even that is useful to me to go down that other path and come back to similar to where I was beforehand and, and feel like, okay, I've, I've extinguished that other possibility, but now I'm back and I know that I like this. Uh, but because I'm you know not the best delegator, I'm going, okay, uh, I don't want to cut off his instinct and his spirit because he's so great. And yet I also need to say... This is what I want. This is what I don't want here. But how can we do this um, in a way that is empowering the people that are working for us? or you know, if we're working for someone, how many of you have a boss if you're working at a company? How many of you have a boss that that allows you to bring your gift and you feel like you're really being useful and you're really bringing your whole self? Or are they just going, this is what you're going to do and you're going to do it this way and they're going to micromanage you the whole way through? And is that a joyful process? And is that really getting the most out of you as an employee? And then flip it around. If you're the one that's in the employer position, how are you treating the people that are working for you? Are you giving them enough uh, room to do what it is that they do. So that, that's that been really huge. And, and you know, everybody has kind of touched on it, but Bedros in in that interview really, he said it, I don't even know if he said it in the interview where we were out to dinner at one point and I said something about, uh, yeah, I can't help it. I'm just kind of addicted to working with my hands and, and doing my own thing. It's this blue collar mentality. And he said, you're talking about working with your hands. I'm talking about training people So that I'm working with a million hands and that kind of hit home for me because he's saying, look, you can have the same work ethic, the same hands-on approach, but you can do it in a way that's, that's smarter and maybe has a bigger impact than, you know, you're doing it in your own little world, which is in, in a lot of ways, the way I feel that, that I've been doing it. Um, Which brings us to another thing I wanted to touch on. Um, You know, you get inspiring, whether you're listening to a speech or a podcast or watching a show, you hear these thoughts and you hear these people speaking and they sound very articulate and they have everything together. And it's easy to walk away and say, man, why am I not doing that? And I guess what I want to say is it's not that, you don't have to, you know, bashing yourself, cutting yourself at the knees is not going to help the situation at all. Um, that's another thing I feel like I've been reading all over the place. I don't know if it's been there the whole time or I'm just seeing it right now. Uh, but this constant what I, I've been reading a lot of and, and listening to people saying, you know, the the negative self talk and putting yourself down or deflecting when someone gives you a compliment instead of just saying thank you and actually basking in it for a second. Like, God forbid you actually bask in a compliment for a second. You know, I I have a tendency to go, oh, yeah, I did it, but I got lucky I did this. Or, oh, yeah, I did it, but, yeah, it could have been much better. And that's not really, one, it's not really kind to yourself. Like, why not give yourself, like, at least a little moment in the sun, you know, life is enough of a struggle. Why not have someone gives you a compliment? Take it. And the other thing is it's not really smart that keeping yourself down, cutting yourself down, it doesn't really help your game. I mean, you you know, think about it. If you've played sports, do you play well when you're in a negative mindset where you're kind of, you know, thinking that you're, you're going to miss the shot? No, you play better when you got a little swagger. Now you can't just put that swagger on it comes with work it comes with repetition it comes with focus but you got to you know you've got to build on your successes so i just kind of cautions because some people that have emailed i i kind of got the sense that they're saying oh yeah i heard this and it was so great but i don't do that and i guess what i'm saying is well Neither do these people all of the time. Neither do I all of the time. I mean, it's easy to sound good in an interview. It's a it's a one-hour conversation. You can be really articulate. You can frame your life in a way that you're looking back on all these events that happened and how you put them together and it all worked out, right? But if you go back to those moments, there were probably plenty of times when that person was really down and that's fine as long as you acknowledge it and you pick yourself back up and you get back in the game and and you keep taking a step forward and sometimes they're baby steps and sometimes it's like when you're walking into the ocean and you know you're you're the, a wave comes and just knocks you back knocks you back 10 feet and you have to gain back that you know you don't just go in to the shore you you fight through the wave or you duck under it and you get out there and then the water gets calm and you can kind of hang out for a little bit. Um, it's the same thing. So bashing yourself about where you are is, is really not very useful. So if you're doing that, just, you know, be mindful of it because it's, it's not really helping your cause so much. Um, the other thing is just while I have this, this solo episode going, I wanted to say, feel free to reach out to me. Right now, the website is being designed. It's going to be 10,000nos.com, which is 10000 0 0 0 So eventually, you can email podcast at 10,000nos.com. Uh, for right now, you could email Matthew Del Negro studio at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, uh, guests that you would like me to interview, um, topics that you would like brought up and maybe I could find a guest that kind of has that in their wheelhouse anything. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of ways to make this podcast as much as it's it's for me as well. And hopefully my tastes will line up with yours. But if you have someone or you have ideas or thoughts or questions, email me and uh, I'll do my best to get back to you in a timely fashion. Uh, the whole point of this is to kind of is to serve, really. I want to I mean, I'm really serving myself while hopefully serving other people because I'm getting just as much as you guys are from all of these these interviews, uh, as you can probably tell. Um, they're having a drastic effect on me. Uh, another book, I wanted to, I don't know if I'm going to bleep these out or what, but I guess I'll just say F instead of the actual word so that I can uh, give this this episode a clean rating. But there's a book, and hopefully I'll interview this guy, Mark Manson. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard of this. It's a New York Times bestseller. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F um a counterintuitive approach to living a good life and um I, you know we had a whole thing episodes ago about you know using f bombs i'm kind of really tempted to just throw them out there uh to read this excerpt let's see so here's here's what he says and I, and i think he's talking about the negative feedback loop which is what i was talking about with the negative self talk and how it can hurt us and he says Now, here's the problem. Our society today, through the wonders of consumer culture and, hey, look at my life is cooler than yours, social media, has bred a whole generation of people who believe that having these negative experiences, anxiety, fear, guilt, etc., is totally not okay. I mean, if you look at your Facebook feed, everybody there is having a fucking grand old time. Look, eight people got married this week, and some 16-year-old on TV got a Ferrari for her birthday, and another kid just made $2 billion inventing an app that automatically delivers more toilet paper when you run out. Meanwhile, you're stuck at home flossing your cat, and you can't help but think your life sucks even more than you thought. I just thought that was, it was funny, and it's kind of what I'm talking about, which is his thing is the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Um, I guess I am throwing F-bombs, so I guess the rating is gone. His point is that we care too much about what people think of us. And we, we, if we have a grander uh, intention that we're serving, we shouldn't care so much. I mean, it's kind of like me when I started this podcast. Are there people that I was worried like, oh, someone's going to be talking smack? I mean, I get... You know, I've had wise ass comments from friends and family of, you know, oh, you know, doing 10,000 no's, you know, just, just busting my chops about doing a podcast. Like, who do I think I am? Really? Am I going to live my life so that I'm not going to offend those people or I'm not going to, that I don't want to have people busting my chops? No. I mean, it's like you got, if you have something you're itching to do, I say go do it. And by the way, it's not going to be perfect in the beginning. I mean, I am a great example of I'm figuring this thing out as I go. I can't even tell you the number of tweaks that I've had to make to try to improve this. And hopefully a year from now, it'll be drastically improved from where it is right now, even in the marketing of it. And I've had a a friend, Jay Ferugia, who's got a a really uh, successful podcast called The Renegade Radio Show. Uh, or just Renegade Radio. He's been instrumental in, you know, saying, hey, when you put it on Instagram, tag this and tag that and all the stuff that I just wouldn't know unless I was actually doing it. So that's my advice to you. If you're, if you're listening to this, you know whether you're a young actor who's going, I don't really know what I'm doing yet or how to go about this, or you're someone who's got an idea to write a book or to start a blog post or whatever, I you know to have a kid, I, I don't know. You're not going to figure it out from the sidelines. You just you just can't. And by definition, when you launch that thing or you, you know, go take that first pottery class or whatever it is that you're thinking of doing, you're not going to be incredible. I hate to break it to you. You're just not. I mean, I I went back, I'll share this with you and, and I haven't been listening to all of my interviews. So if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But after I had interviewed Kimmy Culp, I decided to post that and I sent it to My sound editor, who's in the UK, James Ede is his name. If you're doing a podcast, this guy is great. He's really amazing. Anyway, I said, you know, let's post this one. And I didn't listen to it. And it was posted and it was out there and I put it on social media. And I decided, I had just flown back from New York and I decided, you know what? I should listen to this. And it was already out there on iTunes. And I listened and I really cringed and thought, I sound like an idiot. Um, I really was not happy with what I did. Um, that's one of the most listened to uh, episodes that I have. Maybe because it was the first interview. Maybe because it was Kimmy. Maybe because of Gleason, the the film that she produced. I'm not sure, but I hope that I've gotten better as an interviewer since then. And I've been the feedback is that that I have um but i i you know I, I thank god i had sent it out already because my ego would have probably said like i can't do this this is ridiculous why am i trying to do a podcast and i would have just shut the whole thing down before it even started but instead i put it out there in the world and now i have no choice but to try to scramble to get better to catch up to it so i don't look like a total bozo you know so sometimes throw down a challenge to yourself that puts you out there in a zone that's not necessarily comfortable for you and force yourself to rise to the occasion. I think you can have a lot of growth that way because you're you're forced it's you know if you just sit at home and say I'm gonna get better you know I'm gonna get better at, at knitting sweaters but nobody knows about it. Chances are, once you realize that you're not that good, which you're not going to be that good if you've never done it before, you're going to go, "Ah, eh, this is kind of dumb," and you're going to stop. But if you started, you know, a website and put it out to the world, and you were actually embarrassed to to say that you did it and then not do it and and to not be good at it, you would probably do whatever it takes to get better. And that's part of it. And even within that, I mean, I I sat down today. This is my first solo riff since the one I did that started the whole thing, and I was really nervous when I sat down. I started going, and I thought, "Oh my god, I don't really have anything specific to say. This is this is terrible." And it may be you may be at this point of the interviews or the, this point of the episode saying, "He's really, uh, you know, w- what is this about?" The thing is, as as my man Mark Manson says. I don't give a fuck, I guess. <laughs> I can't. I have to, I have to put this out there. This is part of it. And if it's bad, so be it. Hopefully mm-hmm. um my next guest is is great and the next episode is great. And hey, if there's one in here, if there was nothing redeeming in this this episode today, then that is what it is. And we're constantly making a decision of what we want to spend our time doing and just ask yourself at the at the end of it all if let's say i decided you know what i'm going to shut it down i'm not going to i'm not going to do an episode this week i don't know maybe that would be fine maybe no one would care i would know so why not put it out there and see what it is that's that's what i'm encouraging people to do to put yourself in a position where you don't have all of the answers and force yourself to have to be in the moment, learn on the fly and react and create and not just be on this tried and true path, which is just really worn out and really boring and stale. Is that really... How you want to live, or do you want to try to, you know, branch out and and forge into new territory? Um, I think that is no. You know what? I have something else. I listen to. Uh, I listen to the, this guy uh, Lewis Howes. And he's got a great podcast as well called The School of Greatness. Actually. My guest, Allison Levine, was on his show uh, a couple of years ago, and I've been listening to him, and he's speaking at an event next week in San Diego where I'm speaking as well. I'm actually doing a speech on perseverance, which will be my first time uh, doing a public speaking engagement, which is, uh, again, man, whew, you know, I I think it's going to go well. I'm excited. I feel prepared, but uh, it's new territory. Anyway, this guy's there and he, I listened to an interview he did the other day with Dan Millman, who wrote a book called The Peaceful Warrior, which I had heard of, but I had never uh, read it. And now I'm thinking I want to go out and get it. It's another guy. I'd love to get him uh, here. Anyway, <clears throat> I wrote down two quotes while I was listening. One was, example is not the most important part of teaching. It's the only part. And, you know, that made me think immediately of parenting and how much am I telling my kids, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. And am I really living it? And I'm sure if I were to hold up a light or a mirror to myself and my life, I would say, you know, I'm proud of my parenting, but I definitely have. A lot of room for improvement. Um, I think I, I just was struck by that. Example is not the most important part of teaching, it's the only part. And you think of coaches that you've had, teachers that you've had, you think of your parents, what they do and what they say. You know, the, it's the effect of leadership is to do it and be an example to the people that are around you rather than talking about it and <clears throat> excuse me, while I've been proud, I mean one of the things I was proud of with this podcast is I had a a friend um who I had worked with on on um the West Wing a long time ago. She's a great, really smart person, um so much smarter than i am and she and she said, "You know it's so great you're doing this, you're a real doer and I thought, huh that's cool to hear. I don't know that I view myself that way. Um, I feel like there are people around me doing so many more things, but that was nice to hear because I actually just said, I'm going to do this thing. And, and now I have a podcast and that's that's pretty cool. Like I said, it's not perfect, but it's pretty cool. And so I wanted to acknowledge that. That's That makes me feel good because it's not me saying, hey, Karis, you should go do a podcast. It's me going, hey, Here's my thing. And then maybe she gets influenced by it. And it's not a podcast, but it's something else. That's a way to be a leader. Um, And I think if I look at myself uh, in all aspects, I think I do that. Some of the time, I think a lot of times I can be better. So that's something I'm looking at. And then the other thing was um, I wrote down, he said, we think we've lost the path, but everywhere we step, the path appears even if it doesn't feel like it. And he was talking about kind of what I was talking about before, where he goes around and he does these speeches around the world. And he's, you know, he's written like, I don't know how many books, 14 books in, you know, 82 languages, whatever it is, you know, best-selling books. and, And people say, Dan, you know, you seem like you've got it all figured out. And he said, Eh, not really. He's like, I, I, he said, I will say that I practice it. But he said, if I look at my relationships with my daughters, which by the way are great, um, I think there's, he's like, I think there's a lot to improve. You know, they don't, you know, the, the communication, whatever it was. And his, his, his idea that, you know, we think we've lost the path, but everywhere we step, the path appears, even if it doesn't feel like it. Basically saying like, yeah, it's not going to be perfect all the time. That's that's the root of this whole thing, 10,000 no's. We're told no all the time. We go through struggles all the time. The point is to to keep on keeping on. And and we think we're getting taken in the you know, 180 degrees away from our goal and oh my god, why am I over here? You kind of You don't have to deny that and say, no, 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 I'm going back this way. Sometimes you can explore that. Hey, I I got brought over here. Maybe it's for a reason. What can I learn over in this area where I was just pushed to this side of the room? What is there? Why did I get sent over here? What can I learn from this? And how does that end up adding to me rather than looking at it like this is a waste of time? Um, And that's something that, that maybe has been forced upon me. From being an actor, because there's a lot of there's a lot of hurry up and wait as an actor. So you know, I always joke when I when I go to work, I always have like a backpack full of stuff because there are some times when you go and they're like, okay, we're ready for you,' we're, we're shooting. And I'm always like bringing my script and whatever it is that i'm I'm working on for the day so that I can be prepared, but then I'll also bring some other stuff, whether it's a book or something I'm writing or whatever. And I always joke that I, I have that prepared because I have time. There are times when there's idle time and say, so, well, what can I do with that idle time? What can I make with what I'm given? And I think if we looked at, at life in the whole way, we, we can kind of feel like, oh, okay, you know, the bus didn't come. I'm sitting at this bus stop. Well, instead of sitting here bitching that the bus isn't coming... Can I look around? You know, maybe I'm I'm an artist and I, or I'm an architect and I'm looking at the buildings around or maybe I'm an actor and I'm looking at oh, who are these these people that are sitting next to me and where are they from? Or I'm a writer and I'm doing the same thing. Or I'm just just a human being just looking at other human beings and watching their interaction. What what can we get from each situation that we're given? So, that's that's all for today um, I know it wasn't a very pointed day maybe I'll go back and listen to it at some point and feel like it's more pointed than I realized but um, it feels a little bit like I was uh, rambling and riffing but the uh, the the underlying theme here is thank you for listening I hope you're enjoying it if you have any questions comments feedback please email me please review and, uh, you know, give it a review on iTunes and, and tell your friends and family about it. I really appreciate that. And, um, and thank you for listening. Thanks again for listening to 10,000 No's. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, please do. So each week's episode is automatically downloaded to your computer or phone. And if you like what you heard, please help us get the word out by sharing it with your friends and family. We'll see you next week. Thanks. (music) Thank <music> you.